Before we begin today's episode, just a quick note that the episode that we are reviewing deals with themes of suicide and self-harm. So if you feel like this might be triggering for you, feel free to skip out on this one. If you or a friend or a family member need help, remember that in the United States, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. For our international friends, you can visit www.suicide.org for phone listings in your country. Meanwhile, damn, damn, yes, damn, Damn. Daniel, (laughs) Daniel, Daniel, yes. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello? Hello? Hello. 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 Do I sound okay? I'm sitting in a different seat because 13's in my seat. <laughs> you sound okay. fine. She's very cute. I don't want to make she her move. She is very cute. I don't blame you cute kitty yeah. i'm not used to her being so vocal oh really yeah because she yeah she's not a meowy cat she never has been but you know the last couple of weeks she's been like going into empty rooms and going Burp, or oh. or wow <laughs> i'm like what oh, are you doing you know, i wonder if she's looking for her friends Maybe. although didn't you say that she never really got along with them anyway so didn't but you know they were yeah. a constant presence for 15 years i guess true yeah. very true and also she has started climbing up on the bed in the mornings and Aww. making cute noises in the morning to try to wake me up which was always buddy's job so yeah so maybe she's like well i don't have to bother because he's doing it but now that exactly. he's not doing it she's like oh someone's got to get her up yep it's gotta be me yeah she has no <laughs> other choice what are you drinking today oh, i have an athletic free wave Ooh. i'm going for the the hard stuff i've got a super duper double citra by thomas hooker nice a nice eight percent yeah eight percent ipa nom it's that kind of day but also, it's Saturday, so... It is Saturday. Saturdays are for drinking strong beers. If I had any strong beers, I might drink them, but I do not currently have any strong beers, so... Yeah, that's fair. I'm drinking that's a good the freeway. Well, I've got some uh, chocolate truffle stout here for you. Ooh. Yes. That I'm not likely to drink, so... Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> Mouth sounds make for good podcasting. <laughs> Sure, sure they do. <laughs> You're welcome, all. <laughs> How's your week been? It was fine. It was, I don't know, not thrilling at all, I don't think. No, yeah. no. I did get my entire security deposit back from my former <gasps> landlord. Nice. That's surprising, given the other things you've said about them. My feeling is that they... They were not there when I moved in 13 Mm. years ago, so they don't really have a sense of how much of what was left of my apartment was due to me or time. fair. And also, as we know, because I peeked in the window when I was over there, they've already gutted the apartment, which I knew they were going to do. So I think maybe they they just were like, fuck it. Probably would have done that regardless of the situation or condition. Like, I don't think it was in bad shape when you left, but like they probably were going to do that anyway, oh, yeah. considering all the 
changes they said they were going to make. Yeah, so. if they if they want to raise the rent 40-something percent on everybody, yeah. they're going to need to make a nicer apartment. True. Yeah. True. Very true. And that's garbage. So, yeah. Everything is the worst. It is. Housing is the worst. It really is. Yep. Trying to buy a house is the worst, but renting is also the worst. Yeah. There's really no, no winning when it comes to housing these days. No. At least if you're in Connecticut. I don't know how it is in other places. I'm guessing it's probably pretty bad in other places, too. Although I think we're more expensive than maybe some other areas, but still. Yeah. 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 It's garbage. Everything's garbage. So much garbage. Yeah. We should just start digging our own tunnels and then not have to worry about it. Our own we crystal should. caves. Right? Be See how I'm trying to segue here? Yes. <laughs> You're doing a great job. For once. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I could live in a crystal tunnel. Me too. Although yeah. I would prefer to have doors. I would want some skylights at least yeah. and definitely some doors. Yeah. <laughs> I like doors. Like, at least a bathroom door. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. What? Do they not have bathrooms and do they not have bathroom doors? What are they doing? Yeah. Who knows? We don't know. We don't get to see that. No. Mm. We don't talk a lot about Tok'ra and Gua'uld bathroom habits in this show. I mean, they have to eat, right? So they've got to have stuff left over that they would need to get rid of after i would think so unless they have a 100 percent efficient digestive tract but i find that hard to believe <laughs> who knows <laughs> who knows what the hagfish does to them I was, yeah i was gonna say no maybe like whatever they don't eat the hagfish just gets rid of for them so maybe they Somehow. don't need bathrooms <laughs> who knows yeah I don't know <laughs> i don't know Maybe they all go outside for that from the tunnels. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go take a walk and dig a hole over Could here. Be. Yeah. On this weird desert planet yeah. that they are currently hanging out on. Yeah. 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 That's got to be it. <laughs> Definitely makes sense. Yes. <laughs> so now that we've already started talking about weird Tok'ra stuff, should we talk about the episode? I suppose. All right. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 5, Divide and conquer this episode begins not in the gate room with a close-up of the gate for a change instead it is in a crystal cave of the tokra for whatever reason sam and teal aren't there but we do have jack and daniel and a few other sgc people as well as martooth and anise and they're hashing out some plans for a meetup between the tokra high chancellor and the president and they're talking about what day of the week will be best for that meeting. And I was surprised that the Tok'ra use the same days of the week that we do. I feel like they probably did that as a courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> the Tok'ra are surprised that the president can't just drop everything to meet at any time. So Jack's trying to explain, well, yeah, but that's because most people on the planet don't know about you guys. And the Tok'ra are confused about that. And he basically is like, long story. Eventually... The High Counselor comes in to greet all of them. But, uh uh-oh, we see that as Major Graham stands up, he seems to activate a little kind of weapon on his hand. That doesn't seem good. Mm -mm. And so when the Counselor comes in, he starts opening fire on everybody. And continuing to fire. And a lot of people go down. A lot of people die, in fact, that were there. The counselor himself does not die, but he was severely injured. A bunch of the guards die. Jack manages to save Anise's life by, like, launching himself up onto the table and running and tackling her just in time. It was actually a pretty badass scene, yeah. so nice job there, Jack. <laughs> Jack calls to Graham, who kind of seems to come out of the weird, dazed, vacant look that he had as he was shooting at everybody, and just 
keeps repeating stop as he slowly turns his hand with gold weapon on to himself and then we see a bunch of lightning and then there's an explosion that we don't see but if it's strong enough that it knocked rocks out of the ceiling then i would expect we would have seen more viscera blowing into the screen than we did but we don't we only see the rocks about that too i was like wow where is all the guts that should be flying onto them yeah. right now this should be right. way more disgusting than it is. <laughs> Not that I'm sad that it wasn't disgusting, but... Right. But yeah, noticed that marked lack of guts. <laughs> and then we get credits, and we're back to the pharaoh yeah. scanning type of credits, which is weird. I wonder why they keep switching back and forth. Boredom? I don't know. <laughs> Variety? Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe they, mm-hmm. they couldn't find the other credits for this week. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, must have lost them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> must be it. Where'd that file go? Damn it, we uh, lost those again. All right, fine. No backups. Nope. Uh, Sillies. Yeah. After the credits, we are dealing with the aftermath of what just happened. It is still with the Tok'ra in the tunnels. Martooth informs them that the High Counselor is going to recover. Sam, wherever she was, she's there yeah, now. I don't know where she was. <laughs> she runs in, but where was yeah, she? Who knows? And where's Tilk? Yeah, we don't know. But anyway, Sam gets there and she's like, what's going on? And Daniel gives her a brief synopsis. They think that the weapon looked of gold origin, Martooth says. Jack goes to say something to him and Martooth's like, don't worry. I don't think you were in on this. <laughs> and Daniel's like, what? How can you be sure? <laughs> <laughs> maybe shut up daniel okay daniel that's really weird yeah then a niece actually so it was a niece but actually this whole episode she was basically freya so i'm gonna call her that. freya or yeah. try to <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought it was interesting that Anise never really comes out this episode yeah. and i was wondering if it's like a special effects <laughs> budgetary concern <laughs> who knows but freya <laughs> Freya has an answer to what happened, and she calls Major Graham a Zatark. Whatever that is. <laughs> Apparently, as she goes on to explain, it's some sort of gold mind control technology that they've never ever heard of until this moment. Both the people of Earth and the Tok'ra, it is new to both of them. But Anise has some, you know, ideas about it. She does. I thought she was supposed to be an ancient cultures specialist and not a mind control specialist. Yeah. I... Maybe Anise and Freya have different specialties. <laughs> Maybe. And yeah. Freya is all about the science, even yeah. though Anise is also about the science. Anyway. Just different science. Yeah, different sciences. Yeah. Archaeology versus psychology. Yeah. Freya explains that this device can somehow program a mission that the victim needs to accomplish into their subconscious and covers it with a false memory. Hmm. There are apparently some skeptics because they haven't found actual physical evidence of the existence of all of this. And apparently the reason that Earth folk haven't heard about it is because the High Council is skeptical, not because Anise is trying to hide things from them. Freya also says she thinks that killing themselves at the end is part of the program so that they can keep hiding this terrible new technology. She thinks only requires access for moments to create this whole thing, which just seems insane and unlikely, but... Yes. (laughs) Okay. 
Martooth says despite this, there really wasn't any other precautions they could take had they even known they were already extremely careful with everything. But everyone's concerned that possibly maybe there's more of these Zaytarks out there trying to sabotage the new Tok'ra human alliance or Earth alliance. I guess there are other humans in this world galaxy. Martooth says that they need to continue with the treaty summit because they do not bow to ghoul terrorism. Jack is skeptical. Anise or Freya and Martooth have a back and forth about how she has a method of detecting this. That's about it. (laughs) Martooth is skeptical. Yes, Martooth is skeptical. But Freya is insistent. Yes. (laughs) Jack's like, well, do we or do we not? Have this Xanax detector. (laughs) In the gate room, the team is returning and the Tok'ra are heading over with them to Earth. Hammond is there to greet them and is very apologetic for what happened and for the losses of the Tok'ra. But Martouf again says that they don't blame him. The High Counselor Persis sends his regrets and is also sorry for their loss of Major Graham. Freya has come to try her experimental testing mechanism to see if she can figure out who the Zartak might be. They've got a funky blue suitcase that presumably is carrying her equipment. So they're going to go do some science in some other room. Woo, science! Science. I don't know at what point I want to talk about Freya's outfit. Oh, (laughs) it was an interesting outfit. So it was just at that point I was like, oh... Are they inserting her for the male gaze here, obviously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because the the leather midriff-bearing shirt that she had, like, very nicely outlined each boob yeah. individually and was, like, custom fit around each one. It was very Seven of Nine feeling, except for it that was. it didn't cover her midriff. <laughs> yeah. And then also she was wearing skin-tight leather pants yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, so... But, fun fact, we never see her again after this episode. Oh, we don't? I didn't remember if we did or not. I looked her up. (laughs) All right. Spoilers, everyone. There goes that I'm sorry if Anise is your new favorite character or Freya, because this is it for her. Anyway. (laughs) Clearly not trying that hard then to uh, entice the male or the occasional female gaze then. Yeah, that's true. I mean... Or other gaze. I feel like there's plenty of people to gaze at anyway on this show. True. But yeah. Yeah. Agree. Anyway, back to the actual episode. <laughs> yes. I did try to keep an eye out for which Tokoro were wearing pants and which weren't. <laughs> I did notice Martooth does wear pants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he always wears pants, okay. though. Okay. He's... Most of all the guards in the first scene, I was keeping kind of a loose eye on it this time because there were so many different scenes with different Tokoro. Yeah. In the first scene, everybody had pants on. When they came through the gate here, the first two through the gate did not have pants on, but the rest of them had pants. It's very entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, as we just said, Freya slash Anise had pants today instead of a dress. They were very tight. They were very tight pants (laughs) and leather. Yes. Everybody's talking about my tight pants. Frazier and General Hammond are taking a walk through the SGC. Having a chat. It was very West Wing-esque yes. because the camera was moving backwards as they were walking yes. down the hall. It, and it was a lengthy hall walk scene. And there were more, I feel like there was more than one in this episode too. Like, yeah. Yeah. This felt very West Wing. You're right. 
It did. That was a good show. I liked that show. I only watched some of it because I think I didn't watch it while it aired. And then by the time it was on, I think it was already 2016. And I was like, I don't need to watch this high ideal show about the presidency. That's fair. (laughs) I didn't watch it when it aired either, but I did watch it before 2016. So (laughs) watching it after would have definitely been been a different depressing. (laughs) I don't want that. Agreed. I had seen some of it, and it seems interesting. Yeah, you should. I would recommend watching it. I think you, of all people, would like it, given your. Well, I mean, like given your interest in yeah, American history yeah. and that kind of thing. Like, given your interest specifically, I think you would enjoy yeah. it. I could just keep rewatching the American President instead. Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. I haven't seen that in forever. I used to own it on VHS and watch it all the time. Hell yeah. Yeah, back when VHS was still a thing. And I had that TV with the VCR in it that you said you didn't (laughs) like, but that I loved. What do you do when the VCR dies? It was never an issue as long as I had that TV. (laughs) I had that TV until I no longer had VHSs to play in it. And then flat screens took over and then it was time to get rid of that TV. So it was never an issue. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> Director Frazier is reporting that she did an autopsy on Major Graham, which, again, apparently he didn't blow apart. Yeah. So, so good. That was weird. <laughs> but how did all those rocks fall down? I don't know. There was an explosion, but he managed to still be intact. All right. Anyway. She couldn't detect any evidence of Gould's interference in him. She says they did a good job if they're trying to cover their work. Hammond asks if the Zaytark detector works, and Dr. Fraser's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I could possibly know. Yeah, how would she know? How, why yeah. is he even asking her that? I don't know. But Hammond concludes then, we're in the hands of the Toker then. And neither he nor Colonel O'Neill, as Dr. Fraser speculates, are happy about it. Yeah. I don't imagine Fraser herself is very happy about no. that, given what happened with the armbands either, although she doesn't actually say yeah, that. Yeah, she's sure not a fan of Anise. Maybe she'll like no. Freya better. Who knows? Maybe. Freya has better people skills. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? She really does. Yeah. Being people, that probably helps. <laughs> I mean, Anise is people, just a different type of people. True. In some lab somewhere, there's an observation deck and a very small room where they have the machine set up. It essentially looks like a glorified lie detector. They bring in someone named Lieutenant Astor, who was apparently on the same team as Major Graham, and they're going to test her first. So they ask her a series of questions about their last mission together. She's clearly distraught. There was heavy fire. Astor thought that she was going to die. She was pretty convinced of it. They were getting fired on from all directions. She was terrified and a Jaffa was coming up on her. She shot the Jaffa. She was absolutely 100% sure that she shot the Jaffa. We even get a flashback of this whole thing as she's describing it. In the meantime, in the observation room, Jack, Martooth, and Daniel are talking about how this thing works. And Martooth verifies that it essentially is a glorified lie detector with a Togra memory recall device that's been modified to determine if the person's memory is real or not, even if the person thinks it's real. Martus sounded surprisingly on board with how the technology works in this scene, given how skeptical he was in the previous scene where he was trying to talk about it not being real technology and unproven. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. What are you doing, Martus? Who knows? Yeah, it was weird. Back down on the floor, the, the... area where Anise or Freya is questioning Astor. They're continuing their conversation. 
And Aster talks about how there was a Jaffa coming up on her and she shot the Jaffa and killed him. Freya asks several times if that was true. They go back and forth a few times. Yes, Aster is completely sure. Absolutely, without a doubt, she killed that Jaffa. And uh uh-oh, that apparently is not actually true. Therefore, Aster must be a Zartak. Uh-oh. Whoops. I keep thinking Zyrtak instead of Zaytark. Oh, that reminds me. I forgot to take my Zyrtak. <laughs> <laughs> and my antidepressant. Oops. I took mine. <laughs> it wasn't Xanax today, but I sometimes take that also. Uh, That's more for anxiety, though. Do you ever lose your bottle and wish you had a Xanax detector? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> seeing as one seeing as one of the things I take medicine for is ADHD, yes, I lose <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm actually I'm gonna take my Zyrtec right now while I'm thinking it. about it because it's sitting right next to me. I just didn't do it as I you know as life goes. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't needed too much allergy medicine this year this season i've only had one or two days where it was really bad and i took some yeah it's just been this last like week or so it's just been like Mm. damn it i'm sneezing damn it damn it damn it anyway yeah this week i've been paranoid too because i've apparently been exposed to covid twice this week at work cool yeah so that's cool and so then i was like oh shit i'm feeling sick today but then i took some allergy medicine and it was fine and then also i took a bunch of covid tests and they were all negative oh jeez fun Good times. Good times. I was mostly wearing a mask. I, in, at school, I was always wearing a mask. I don't typically wear a mask in my lab, but <laughs> this week I sure did. Because <laughs> yeah. there was somebody at, yeah. at the brewery where I work oh, boy. that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Good times. Boo. Boo. Yep. Yep. No worries. Nobody is going to get COVID from a brewer, by the way. You can't You can't pass it on that way. Oh, they're not I mean, like, canning you can't, COVID. You can't, by, I mean, like if you're hanging out in the brewery with him, but yes, you can't <laughs> get COVID from drinking beer if a brewer had COVID. That sounds like a reason to switch to an all-beer diet. You're not going to get COVID from it, right? <laughs> it's the one thing you won't get COVID. <laughs> anyway, and, yeah, sorry. <laughs> or candy. Mmm, candy. Mm, yeah, candy. Candy's got uh, I- antimicrobial properties nice. to it. I've eaten a lot yeah, of candy sure. this Let's week go with too. That. Yeah, nice. Okay, good. So you're doing you're doing your due diligence to yeah. to keep COVID away by drinking beer and eating candy. Been a lot of office candy this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get candy after my late night class on Thursdays, and this past Thursday was my last late night class until Woo! summer when I'm teaching late night classes every day. So I had to get some peanut butter M and M's. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you did. Should we talk about the episode some more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. See, this is what happens when you don't come over on Friday and you just keep going off on these tangents because I haven't seen you in over a week. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really needed to sit at home and play Stardew Valley by myself. That's fair. <laughs> I need to catch up on Stardew Valley. I haven't played that I still can't. I still can't remember half the time what I was trying to do and then I start to try to do something else and then I stop playing and then I forget what I was doing again. I have to start all over and figuring out what I want to do. And how to do it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. like me, but in real life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then also in Stardew Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why did I come in here? What was I doing? Exactly. I just looked at my to-do list. I was doing which thing on my to-do list? <laughs> Keep to-do list. And that's helpful. But then when I have too many things on it, I still have trouble focusing. Anyway. Yeah. To the episode. <laughs> so, yes. Freya has gone to see General Hammond. Jack is there as well. She's reporting that 
Lieutenant Astor is a Zaytark, and they have a possible way that they can try to fix that. It's experimental, Freya says. Jack's skeptical because of the armband thing, which, right, fair. Still pretty fresh in his mind. <laughs> yeah. He's like, remember the last time we trusted this woman? Which, <laughs> okay. But Freya's like, that. you're talking about a niece. You know, I'm Freya. Yeah, I'm nice. Yeah. Everyone likes me. And she says, by the way, there's no better alternative anyway. Oh, son of a bitch. Martooth is there too. I'm doing great. Eh, whatever. Anyway, there's a group of people in the <laughs> office. It's fine. They're discussing. Martooth says the procedure damages the part of the brain affected by the Zaytark technology, which yikes sounds great. No. So more than just fixing this Zaytark problem, she could have some other kind of brain damage. I said that in a weird way, but yeah. There are many types of brain damage. It so. could go awry for her. Yes. And they don't know how awry it could go because this seems all pretty theoretical so far. They haven't actually done this to anybody. <laughs> mm. Hammond is not having fun in this conversation and ultimately decides that it needs to be Aster's choice on whether to go through this. I appreciate that. I do yeah. too. Yeah. This past week, I had an extra lecture for A&P. So I was like, all right, we're going to talk about the history of how we learned all the things that we learned. And it's mostly a dark and terrible history about involuntary experimentation on people who had no control and no legal rights because they were like prisoners or like they were in concentration camps and whatnot. So I appreciated him saying that they were going to let her have a choice before doing a test of some sort. Yeah. 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 Back in the lab, they're strapping Aster in so that they can try to cure her. And she admits to being terrified for good reason. Freya tries to calm her and talks nicely to her. Aster is adamant that she's shot the Jaffa. But Freya is like, well, you really didn't, though, as much as you might believe that you did. How otherwise could you have possibly gotten through the gate if your memory is actually as it was and you were completely surrounded? And Aster is like, well, I thought we were just that good. Sadly, that was not the case. No. So Freya begins. Did you see Jack's face when she said that? No, like, I didn't. I, he wasn't like, ugh, she's not. But I feel it, like, it's just, he looked a little skeptical. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, what, SG-25, like the, lo- the lowest team? I don't know. I have no I idea know what, what team, team they are either. I'm guessing that's like what he was thinking. Was he like, well, yeah. otherwise she'd be on a higher team number <laughs> if they were that good. Anyway, I don't know. I'm putting thoughts yeah. in his head. <laughs> so they begin the test. Aster starts screaming in agony and asks them to stop. Martooth even calls over the intercom to stop. So Anise slash Freya does. And then she managed to rip out of her restraints. They had restrained her completely, her head and her wrists. And she rips out of them, gets a gun from one of the guards, shoots at everybody that's in the observation room, shoots the guards, and then sadly shoots herself yeah. and it was bad it was bad we go back to Hammond's office for some reason Freya thinks that there must be some kind of fail safe this is a very sophisticated technology they're dealing right? with apparently it has a yeah. fail safe that prevents other people from tampering with it and she holds herself accountable but Hammond's like well the gold are really accountable which is 
very nice, yeah. Yeah. They cannot do any kind of uh, autopsy or analysis on her brain because of the manner in which she died. Yeah. So they can't gain any more insight into it that way. Hammond is concerned about the safety of the president, obviously. Freya promises that they can get all of the Zaytark testing in time. Before Mr. Bestie yeah. Prezi gets there. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got you gotta you gotta That's take important. care of Hammond's, They're worried Hammond's that, yeah. friend, yeah. Right. They're worried that a Zaytark's gonna try to kill yeah. Hammond's best friend and you know, being yeah. president's important at all, but yeah. But even more important than that, yeah. he's Hammond's bestie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack's like, Well, cool, who's who's next? And Freya's like SG one and Jack goes, Don't <laughs> He's been doing that a lot lately. He has. I don't know why it gets me every time. It's, really <laughs> it's just funny. like a, it's barely audible. Just don't. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say it to her. It's just like yeah, under the just breath. under his breath. Yeah, I just find that hilarious oh, every time. Oh, Jack. Probably more funny than I should. No, it's perfectly yeah. funny. Yeah. Back in the lab again. This time, Jack is strapped in, and Freya is asking him to describe the mission on PX nine seven nine seven. That is apparently the one that they were just on. Was it the last episode? No, no. it was the one two before episodes that. ago. It was yeah. She's been on three episodes in a row. She has, yeah. which is why it's strange that she all of a sudden disappears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was the mission where they were trying to destroy the big giant ship from Apophis with the armbands that episode you all remember that episode it was two episodes ago which is why i was like why do we need flashbacks from this episode that was like two episodes ago you can't you can't pass up a good opportunity for a clip show that's true so we essentially get a clip show of two episodes ago they switch back and forth in the lab scenes between who they're questioning whether it's jack daniel sam or teal but then we get flashbacks of the episode itself Uh uh-oh sam and jack are both zaytarks Oh, yikes. I do like the reaction that we get when they tell Sam and Jack. They both have a pretty good reaction. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Yeah. You're not serious. What? Hammond lets his bestie know that both Sam and Jack are uh, compromised. I like your uh, username today, by the way. I just looked over to see how our time was running and noticed that your microphone goes in the face yes. today. <laughs> I often forget to bring it down low. <laughs> yes, that is where it goes. You talk into it. Yeah. yeah so that was basically that scene. It's just yeah, Sam pretty much being like, we're working on our plan. Sam and Jack. Bye. Yep. Jack and Sam have been detained in their own separate quarters somewhere on base. But they're not that detained because they do let Jack leave his room to yes. go see Sam. And they leave them alone together in the room. They're trying to figure this out. There's no way that they could be Zaytarks. Maybe we need to be retested, Sam says. And actually, at that point, Sam did not realize Jack was also in this situation. Right. He says he's one, two, and he's across the hall from her. Yeah. You wouldn't think that they would be so incredulous, given the fact that they were both unconscious at the same time. Yes, which Sam then brings up to. Yeah, they do come uh, to that conclusion eventually. And they go from, it can't be, to maybe we're a little worried that we might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's that scene. (laughs) Yeah. 
In the briefing room, we have Tilk and Daniel Fraser, Martooth Hammond, and Freya all sitting around the table and discussing the situation and what they should do about it. Tilk and Daniel are pretty adamant that there's no way that Jack and Sam could be Zaytarks. How they're so sure, I don't know either, because again, they were unconscious and away from Tilk and Daniel even for a significant amount of time. And in fact, Tilk and Daniel were commenting on the fact that shouldn't they have already made it out (laughs) in that episode? Yep. Yep. Hammond is, of course, worried that the intended target of one of them would be the president, but there's no way to know for sure who the intended target would be. So really the only option that they would have is to keep them locked up indefinitely. But Freya says that according to her research, if they are not allowed to carry out whatever their missions were, they're going to essentially lose it the same way that the other lieutenant did and will inflict self-harm or suicide on themselves as a result of not being able to carry out whatever their order was. So the situation's pretty dire. Just leaving them locked up indefinitely isn't an option, but letting them hang out with the president, also not an option. Freya also thinks that if they try to reschedule the president's visit, that that might have the same effect as if they were just forbidden from meeting with the president. So that makes it pretty hard to figure out what they should do. Yeah. They're going to keep trying to figure out a solution. Freya goes to see Jack. (laughs) Jack's sitting in his quarters, feet up on a desk, playing with a yo-yo. Why is he so bad at yo-yo? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He just got it all tangled. Yeah, yeah. He's not the best. Is that really the only thing they give him to entertain himself with? Like, no books or anything, just a yo-yo? I feel like this is a choice on his part to to just fiddle around and not just yeah. sit still and read or something. Fair. Because Sam had books. I saw books on her nightstand. Mm. Fair. You'd think they'd have a TVs. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Tilt got a TV that one time that he, he had did. to be locked up. He did. And he did not like it. Yeah. Well, he's decided to entertain himself with a yo-yo till Freya comes to see him. She's there to apologize because she's the one who put the armbands on them and then had them go and become vulnerable to this Zaytark technology on a different planet. Jack's like, okay, well, what if you're wrong about us being Zaytarks? And she's like, I don't think that's possible. Jack's like, did you want anything else? So she says, I have not thanked you for saving my life multiple times (laughs) in this episode. Yes. And Jack's like, I'd have done that for anyone. And then she leans in and uh, kisses him. Real good. See, I was right that she had a crush. Oh on yeah, him. yeah. Like his legs slide off the desk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he asks, "What, what you doing?" doing? <laughs> she she'd like to, you know, low matching or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anise is interested in Doctor Jackson on an intellectual level. Level, <laughs> so she'd have to suffer through this. But. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Jack's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Can't imagine why he doesn't find that appealing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is not right. It's weird. She's like, because I share my body with a niece. (laughs) You don't find me attractive? She's got all these things. He's like, well, uh, uh. And then she kisses him again. Yeah. No consent, Freya. No. No. Not okay. No. And then she's like, is there someone else? 
He's like, that's not the point. And then she's like, I sense I've made you uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you picked up on that. She's very observant. Yes. She's a good scientist. Good at the observation. And then she says that the humans of Earth have many inhibitions and stigmas surrounding intimacy. Okay, I'm going to back off for now. I'm hoping we can help you guys. And Jack's like, how about you go do that then? And then as she's leaving, she's telling him she'll learn more about their customs to not make him uncomfortable again. I really like the the guard is like looking at her and then he turns back and looks at Jack as she's leaving. I didn't even notice. (laughs) Not like an obvious look, but he's just like staring. He knows what's up. He knows. (laughs) That was an awkward Mm. scene. It was a weird scene. Very inappropriate. Bad timing, lady. What are you doing? Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. She's creepy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In the briefing room, we have Daniel and Hammond and Martooth. They're going through the wording of the treaty that's to be signed. Anise comes in and says that she's been reviewing her notes. She reaffirms that if they keep them confined through the event that was supposed to be their target, then it's going to end just as self-destructively as if they're allowed to fulfill their mission. Hammond wants to know why they haven't become self-destructive already since now they're confined. And Freya says it's because the event that they're actually programmed for hasn't occurred yet. So what are they going to do? If the outcome is going to be the same, that they're going to become self-destructive regardless of whether they miss the event or the event is rescheduled. What do they do? Let's find out. Yeah. Down in Carter's room, Martooth pays a visit and he wants to present her with an option. They think that the procedure failed on Lieutenant Astor because it was stopped in the center. And so she was triggered without actually being cured. Maybe if they try it again, but don't stop in the middle, that that'll work better. (laughs) Sam wants to know what the rush is. And so Martooth tells her that Freya thinks that whether they achieve their objective or whether their objective is missed or rescheduled, that the end is going to be the same either way. Sam's not too thrilled to be hearing that. They have two days to figure out this whole situation until the president's visit is scheduled, though. So they've got a little bit of time, not a whole lot. Well, he doesn't want her to take on the risk of brain damage, but also he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. Maybe consider doing the procedure because he doesn't want her to die. But at the same time, maybe be careful because he doesn't want her to risk losing what little she carries of Jolinar. And also, he is very fond of Sam. So the Tok'ra just really have a thing for these SG-1 humans. They do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sam rightfully says, well, this is all based on assumptions, right? We don't even know that the president is the target. And Martooth confirms that, but says that regardless, the ill effects are going to come out sooner or later. Sam is not thrilled by this choice. No. No. Meanwhile, Daniel goes to see Jack to basically tell him the same thing that Martooth just told Sam, except for the part about Jolinar, because that would be weird if Daniel brought up Jolinar. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, it would. (laughs) Jack wants to know what Sam said. Daniel doesn't know yet, because it's happening right now. And Jack asks what Daniel would do, but Daniel does not know. Then Jack lets him know that Freya made a pass at him. And at first, Daniel thinks she, he means Sam. And Jack's like, no, Anise, Freya. Daniel finds it odd. <laughs> Jack agrees. 
And then he lets Daniel know that the snake likes him. Mm. And suddenly Daniel's interested yeah. again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And then Daniel's watching Jack playing with the yo-yo. And he's like, I think these are the Jack O'Neill moments I'll probably miss the most. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah. <laughs> We're back in the briefing room yet again with another meeting of various people. Freya is understanding of why Jack and Sam are skeptical of going through the procedure again. Daniel guesses that they're worried not even just about dying, but losing who they are if they don't die in the procedure. So they need to come up with a different plan for how to deal with it. And their best stopgap measure is going to be to sedate them and put them in restraints for the duration of the president's visit and see how that goes. (laughs) Sounds like a fantastic plan. Down in Jack's quarters, Fraser comes in with a nurse and a defibrillator and some IV and give him the option here of either being sedated or going through the procedure. In fact, Fraser's more on the side of being sedated. She's not really very trusting of the procedure. But Jack wants to know how long he's going to have to be sedated for. And when she doesn't really have a definitive answer for that, he's not very thrilled. Tilt comes in and asks if Jack needs anything before this happens, and Jack wants another option. So Anise, who's apparently also there, says, well, your only other option is the procedure that we have already talked about. Jack asks Freya if she really does think that she could figure out a a cure or a solution if she was able to do an autopsy, a proper autopsy, which she hadn't been able to do on Aster. And Freya's pretty confident that she could. So Jack's going to do it because long story short, if he dies, then his death will help to save Carter and her brain is worth a lot more than his is. Whew. Yeah. (laughs) He also says that he's done the whole strapped to a bed and drugged thing and he's not a fan of that. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. In Sam's quarters, Daniel has delivered the good news about Jack. (laughs) She doesn't seem to take it as good news. No, she does not. She does not want him to do this. Mm Mm-mm. Dr. Frazier explains that he thinks that Anise can use what she'd learn if he dies to save her. Yeah. And then Sam sees Jack in the hallway and tries to run out the door, but there are guards standing there and they do not let her. (laughs) Nope. Jack just kind of looks back at her and then tells Daniel and Dr. Frazier that they need to stop him. But... Daniel says it's Jack's choice, and Dr. Frazier's like, I gotta put you to sleep now. Sleepy time. Yes. We're in the gate room again. Daniel and Hammond are in there getting ready to greet the High Counselor of the Tok'ra as he comes through. And they have some formal greetings and talk about how important it is, and that is that thrilling scene. (laughs) I think actually maybe this is the scene where the two first guards had no pants. Ah, okay. I was confusing it before, (laughs) if anyone cares. The counselor's wearing pants. <laughs> yes. By the way. Back in Sam's quarters, Fraser is preparing the sedatives for her. Sam is pretty apprehensive about that. Down in the lab, Jack is getting strapped in for his procedure. Tilk is standing there next to him with a zat gun, but also acting as moral support. In the gate room, Persis is talking to Martooth about the treaty. He likes the revisions. Martooth says that's to Daniel's credit. Then Persis loudly says, inspiring document, clearly to Daniel, who is just not paying attention at all. (laughs) Nope, not at all. 
but he doesn't draw attention to it. He just says, I only hope we can live up to it. And then Hammond grabs Daniel's attention. Yes. He's like, oh, oh yeah, cool. Okay. They get word the president has landed and Hammond explains it's going to take 15 minutes for the president to get to the entrance of the mountain and Hammond's going to go meet him there and bring him down. He must be so excited. So excited. It's been so long. So excited, right? So Back down to Sam's quarters. She's getting drowsy as she's getting sedated. And we start to hear some flashbacks kind of echoing in her head. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out. And then we start to see some flashbacks of the scenes that were happening during that armband episode. Fraser starts talking about how maybe they'll need to increase the dose as Sam is talking in her sleep about the C4 about to blow up. And then suddenly she wakes up and says the machine is wrong. They lied. They didn't even know they were lying, but they lied. Stop everything. Down in the lab, Freya is prepared to zap Jack's mind. But Dr. Fraser runs into the observation room and bangs on the glass and then shouts into the microphone that's right there. Stop. Yeah. I don't know why she didn't do that. I first, don't know. But, but either way, <laughs> she got their attention and stops yeah. the procedure. Mm-hmm. She brings Sam down into the lab mm-hmm. to talk to Jack. Sam asks for a private moment with Jack and everyone leaves. And he'd like to know what's going on. And she's like, we're not Zaytarks. The machine thinks we had false memories, but we don't. We're lying. And Jack's like, I wasn't lying. <laughs> Sam's like, you left something out. No, I didn't. She's like, well, okay, here's this thing. Remember when you wouldn't leave? Is there something you weren't admitting? About, you know, something we can't admit to because we have this working relationship, our military ranks. And then Jack kind of, oh, that. (laughs) She's like, we weren't telling the whole truth. And that's why the machine thinks we're Zaytarks. And Sam asks the others to retest Jack. Elsewhere, Hammond greets the president. Oh, my God. I know him. I know him. And they go for a walk. It's a very thrilling scene. It was so thrilling. Back down in the lab, they restart the testing of Jack. He's strapped in again. There are more flashbacks of the episode. Jack starts talking about the sounds that they were hearing of the Jaffa approaching. And Freya asks if he had done everything that he could to save Sam. And Jack says that he did the best that he could. But Freya says, well, you still could have saved yourself, couldn't you? And Jack's like, well, I guess. Again, more flashbacks of Jack frantically trying to save Sam, who's still stuck behind the barrier so that she couldn't get through and was going to also get blown up. Sam is yelling at him to leave. Jack is yelling that he's not going to leave her. And then Freya asks the key question of what he was feeling, because this machine is sensitive not just to recall of events, but also recall of feelings. And Jack says, well, he was feeling like someone who was about to die. And Sam prods him a little bit and says, all right, well, to be honest, I didn't leave because I'd have rather died myself than lose Carter. Oh, okay. Uh, I know, right? It's so sweet and so tragic and sad. Freya asks why. And Jack finally admits it's because he cares about her a lot more than he is supposed to. He had been hiding that during his first test, and now that he has admitted it in his second test, Freya confirms he is not a Zaytark. So Sam says, all right, time to retest me. 
we don't get to see Sam's whole test, but we do get a quick scene of Freya saying, all right, you're not a Zaytark either. <laughs> and Sam is also free to go. Jack goes to help Sam out of the chair and they talk about how none of what has happened can ever leave this room. And Fraser's like, all right, fine. Who cares? But what about the president? There's no threat to him, right? Everything's fine. Everything's cool. Great. All right, cool. Yeah. But maybe we should test someone else. Have we tested everybody? Maybe Anise needs to be tested. But Anise says, well, there's no, been absolutely no situation where I would have been at risk anyway. Sam asks, well, what about Martouf? Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. There are looks all around. Yeah. No one has an answer to that one. And from that, yeah. it's clear that Martooth has not been tested and that he was at risk. Okay. Yeah. In the in the gate room, they're waiting still on President Bestie to make an appearance. Somebody approaches Daniel. I don't know. Somebody mm-hmm. in the Air Force approaches Daniel and whispers something to him that makes Daniel kind of look over at Martooth. Yeah. And we see that Martooth has a little mm. gold weapon on his finger. Mm. And he, like, activates it. So what did that guy say to Daniel? Did they get word that Martooth might be a problem and they're trying to get him out of there? That's what I was like. Did that happen? I'm not even sure. I just thought that it was a random guy talking to Daniel and that Daniel just happened to notice that Martooth was doing a thing. But it's also possible that they told him, like, hey, maybe keep an eye on Martooth. I hope it was random because otherwise they could have done this in a much safer way for everyone, probably except Martooth. But yeah. 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 Anyway, Daniel sees this. So Daniel walks over to Martooth and is like, can we go outside for a minute and have a chat? But then Hammond arrives with the president and he introduces him to the high counselor. And that is when Martooth whacks Daniel and then start firing at people. I don't know how many people yep. he hits, but he starts firing both towards the president and towards the high counselor because they're standing in the same place. Yeah. I don't think he actually manages to hit okay. anybody, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But the president's bodyguards get him out of there. The high counselor's bodyguards also get him out of the way. And then Jack comes in the door and shoots Martooth in the leg. Martooth then turns around and starts shooting at Jack. But... Then uh, other people who have guns shoot him a bunch of times. He still doesn't go down. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. He's got so many bullet holes yeah. everywhere in his chest. <laughs> and he takes a shot at them, but then Tilt comes in and zats Martooth. And that takes him down. Yeah. Sam comes in behind Tilk and tells everyone to hold their fire. Martooth apparently didn't get knocked out by the zat. Because <laughs> apparently he has super strength today. Even with all I his guess. bullet holes and... the Yeah, the combination of hagfish and Zartak together give him super strength. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. He is going to put his hand towards the uh, device on his other hand, just like Graham did. So he's about yeah. to blow himself up. And Martuth looks at Sam and is like, Samantha... And then she zats him the second time and runs across and catches him as he goes down and just sits there cradling his head. And I'm going to cry just talking about it. I know. Uh, No. Um, It was was very sad and I did not like that. No. And we don't get to see his teeth ever again. No. Although he was laying there for a moment, open mouthed a little bit. You could see his teeth. I did look. I did like, you know, look at his face. 
Uh, Hammond checks in, makes sure everyone's okay. Persis asks if the president's all right. Hammond's like, just kidding, that wasn't the president. You sit on a throne of lies. The real president hasn't gotten here yet because we weren't sure. And he's like, okay. He takes it in stride and is like, hopefully this is the last time we need to be this deceptive on either side. Anise Freya has come in and also tells everyone there, I guess, that Martooth's death will ultimately prove to be a noble sacrifice. How? I don't know, but okay. Yeah. I'm guessing maybe she's going to do an autopsy on him. And maybe. Yeah, that's figure true. Out the solution to Zartakness. And that's basically where we end with Sam yep. cradling Martooth and everyone just standing around. Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> this episode was such an emotional roller coaster here. It really was. Uh, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the episode, Kathy? I mean, as much of an emotional roller yes, coaster as it was. I did. The whole premise is bananas because I feel like they invented this ghoul device just for the purposes of getting Sam and Jack to admit they have feelings for each other, which is kind of a weird thing to do. I enjoyed that part, obviously. Yes, being course. a fan of Sam and Jack. I I didn't like the awkward scene between Sam and Freya, but also I'm glad it was there Jack in a way. Freya? Jack and Freya, that would have been a very different scene. Uh, <laughs> yes, it would have. It would have come out of left field. But still also fine. Yes, it's totally fine. Yeah. It would just be surprising but, in the context yes, of the Yes, more surprising, show. especially yeah. for the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> way less surprising now, way more surprising in the 90s. Or even the early 2000s, which I think we're technically in. Oh, well, but, yeah. Barely. Barely. Oh, that was a lot of me not saying much except yay, Jack and Sam. I was very upset about Martooth's death. Yeah. But even so, I think the whole thing was his death was kind of well done, mm-hmm. I guess, because he like recognized what was happening. She recognized. So Sam's the one who ultimately killed him, which prevented him from killing himself, which means she can autopsy him and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah. that was a lot of babbling. How did you did you like it? I did, yeah. Well, for the most part, yeah. When we watched the armband episode, I remember I was kind of surprised because, like, I could have sworn that this was more of a turning point for the relationship between Jack and Sam, and I thought it became more obvious about their feelings for each other after that episode. And so, like I said, I was surprised when it didn't really seem to be that. So then when we were watching this episode, I was like, oh, right, that's why I think (laughs) of that episode as being a turning point, because in this episode, it becomes more apparent. I also enjoy Jack and Sam together. So I enjoyed this episode for that reason. I agree that the the scene with Freya and Jack was just weird. With Martooth, I knew that he died at some point. I couldn't remember when or why. And so I wasn't completely surprised but i wasn't completely expecting it at the end here either when that happened but like as soon as they were asking about like what about martooth i was like oh shit this is that episode isn't it so yeah for the most part even though i hated the ending because i love martooth as a character so much and i'm so sad that he's gone but overall i did like the episode i remember being much more distraught by this episode when i didn't see that coming than this time around when i knew what was gonna happen yeah I'm sorry, I'm just going to think more about the... What I think I like about the Sam and Jack thing, I think Mm -hmm. is because so many shows go for, like, the slow burn sort of, like, sexual tension beneath the surface, Mm -hmm. where this just kind of throws it out there. They're like, yes, we have feelings for each other. We're not going to do anything about it. Let's move on. Right. And, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah. I like that straightforwardness of it. I do. T- yeah, I do too. I agree with that. It's not like the X-Files where it's like years and years of, they're totally into each other. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. That was a rough one. Like you said, emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Lots that I liked. Such a downer ending. No. So sad for the loss of Martooth. No. But yeah. So what's next? Uh, on the bright side, what's next will be so good. Ooh. You are going to forget all about Martooth. Oh. You probably won't forget about Martooth, but I'll never forget Martooth. No. You can't. I mean, he did you eye damage mm-hmm. looking at his face. Uh, yeah, his, his gleaming teeth are forever etched in my brain. Yeah. Oops, I'm looking at the wrong thing. For the Netflix. The next episode we will be watching is Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 6, Window of Opportunity. Netflix describes this as, The SG-1 team meets Malachi, a human explorer from another world who shares Jackson's interest in an alien computer covered in a Latin-like script. That's it. Hmm. You wouldn't think, oh, what a delightful episode based on that description. I remember nothing about the episode based on that description. This one, though, the booklet says, after SG-1 visits a strange planet in the middle of a geomagnetic oh, storm, they find themselves repeating the same day over and over again. The team must utilize their accumulated knowledge to stop the time loop before there are disastrous consequences across the universe. Yeah, yeah. I remember this one Yeah, very, very well, in fact. I'm not a big Groundhog Day type thing fan. I think I've mentioned Me before, neither. but this is a fantastic but episode. This is a good I'm episode. I'm so excited. They do the Groundhog Day well, day thing well yes. in this one. Yes. Yeah. That is exciting. All right. That makes me feel a bit yeah. better. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Oh, okay. That's good to know. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure that you do so so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. You can find us on YouTube as well. And if you'd like the episodes even a bit sooner, you can join us on patreon.com slash stargating. $5 and up gets you advanced access to episodes. But even if $5 is a bit too much for you, we do have the new lower tier of $2 because every little bit helps when it comes to supporting the show. We are very grateful with whatever that you can spare. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is stargatesing at gmail.com. And you can also find us on our website, which is stargatesing.space. I am Mary. I am Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing The End. The End. That's why the machine thinks we are Zaytar. Zaytax. Zaytarks. There we go. <laughs> Zaytarks.